Please listen carefully. Hi, I'm Rob, and you're listening to my podcast. Welcome to Agitate. This week I'm chatting with Marion Noon, otherwise known in the art world as Frizz. She's an artist who works in both the traditional and digital mediums. I first became a fan of her work about five years ago, photographing a story on Belfast Cathedral Quarter. She has a great story, so here we go. Here's Frizz. So, we're here with Frizz. Yeah, Frizz. <laughs> Frizz, who's busy, busy, busy all the time taking out uh, a little bit of time to speak with me today and talk with us find out what new projects she has going on and a little bit of background and maybe talk about puppies and yes (laughs) (laughs) for babies (laughs) um yeah thanks for having me so you were sunday you just came back sunday from down south doing a project i was down in my hometown of sligo um working on a really big wall um for Psycho Tidy Towns, so Tidy Towns is this all-Ireland competition where you get rated, your town or oh, village yeah, yeah, gets yeah, rated yeah. and you get awards. The cleanest you, town exactly. of Ireland, yeah, pretty much. 2019. <laughs> yeah. So um, Tidy Towns very forward-thinking in Sligo in terms of getting murals, tidying up nice walls and things like that, or bad walls or walls that just need a bit of colour. So I went down and I did a massive piece on a really long wall that was way bigger than I actually thought when I did a drive-by at Christmas time um, and I did a piece of Queen Maeve who is a sort of Celtic mythological legendary figure mm-hmm. that is associated with Sligo I've painted her so many times I really love her a, a So would you plan would, would you normally plan it out like dimension wise and figure out all your ratios mm-hmm. of what you need to do or Yeah usually um Usually I have dimensions, but because I'm from Sligo, I'm familiar with, in general, the wall. <laughs> and when I was home at Christmas time, I did a drive-by, but it, it, it's basically a stepped area. And when you drive by and you're down low on ground level and you look up, it just looks a lot shorter than, it's not as tall. So when I got there, I had to create kind of on the fly. Extra. Yeah, not, not even create, so just, just, I plan so much, but I leave a lot of room for figuring things out at the wall and if I need to make changes it's not the end of the world it's yeah. you know you just work a couple with extra cans of paint and a lot of extra paint for that <laughs> one yeah luckily I had some my my dad's house is he's actually got shelves in now for all the paint that I leave behind after I do jobs in Sligo that's a nice dad <laughs> yeah he's storage good. oh no he's so good <laughs> he's really good tell me a little bit about the history like how did you start into art did you, was it always something that you did, a passion? Yeah, our house was very um, encouraging when it came to music, art, anything creative. Our parents were just like, yep, yeah, you want to learn how to do this? They were always buying us, you know, um, at Christmas time, at least one of your presents would be something crafty or, cool. you know. So they were... They would have both drawn when they were younger, but never pursued it. And my dad would be quite musical as well. So, yeah, just always encouraged. Um, my Are you musical as well? Uh, only in the shower in terms of oh. singing. But <laughs> no, I was. I, I, I learned violin. Because you're an amazing while. artist. To be, to be <laughs> musical as well would be amazing. Like. Um, no, uh, yeah, but I, I was given the opportunity to learn violin. I never really stuck with it. Those things that, like, now if I go back, yeah, I would, would have kept it, it up a bit. Did yeah. a little bit of guitar, but anything we wanted to learn, tin whistle, we, you know, the instrument was bought for us. We were brought awesome. to classes. Yeah, it was brilliant. Great parents. Yeah, amazing. And uh, even when I did my leave insert, which is like the A levels up here, and you decide, you know, applying for colleges, um, it was my mum that actually said. I saw this animation course in Dublin advertised on TV there or it was part of some show she's like would you like to do that and I was like would you let me I thought I'd have to get a real job like an architect where you could use drawing but in a nine to five sort of a way where 
you can use that drawing skill, but like get a, a real job. I'm, I'm using funny ears here. <laughs> yeah. Um, so that was her. She brought me down to Dublin to check out the course. And was it classical animation? Classical or? animation. Wow. Yeah, so it's all hand drawn animation. What, what year was this? Uh, I did my leaving so it was, I would have started two thousand September two thousand one and did that for two years. It's a long time ago. Wow. And they, but was there computers at all incorporated? Or? We did um, our course at the time. It completely changed after us to a proper degree mm. course. It was very all practical based at the time which is brilliant because I, I, w- I don't want to write a thesis on animation I just want to learn how to animate you know yeah. I'm not saying that there's not uh, knowledge and power in learning about animation and the history of it but at the same time I did appreciate it was a very practical course so um, at the time we did a little bit of 3D animation but even back then the RAM and the speed of the computers that you needed, you wouldn't have it on your home PC. You know, so you had to do it in the college and if you wanted to render something, you just went away for lunch and came back an hour later and it still wasn't rendered, just to render a picture in a 3D program. Whereas now you can have your laptop and you can have, exactly, you can have programs now. So it's completely changed as as an industry. Yeah. And there wasn't that many animation companies in our studios in Ireland at the time like Sullivan Bluth would have been the big ones years ago oh that spawned yeah were the, they here yeah they were Bluth? in Ireland yeah yeah really and that's where you got like the animation courses from you know that you know because he was was he Canadian there was a Canadian connection there I think I have no idea <laughs> more he familiar did, with the work than Bluth did else. American Tale right yeah and that was All him? Dogs Go to Heaven yeah, and yeah, Lamp yeah, for Time yeah. yeah those ones but then the classical animation died out um, but now there's a thriving industry for um, computer based animation there's loads of studios smaller yeah. studios you know like Cartoon Saloon Brown Bag Pink Kong Studios are you are you doing any of that yourself no i love animation i have an appreciation for animation but i don't have the attention span and i knew that by the end of the course yeah that working on a project one sole project for months on end i just knew that wasn't for me i like i was more about the character designing as well a character animation as opposed to the backgrounds i'm like you know i'm still a bit like that Mm -hmm. so it was a case of that was amazing i love animation but i actually don't want to clock in clock out and animate all day long now i'd love to kind of go back and learn some of the program like if i could tinker away at it as a creative outlet and learn you know learn the basics of a program i would do that but i just don't have the time spray paint has just taken up I'm still working on and it and you're outdoors yeah which whether is it a be, blessing whether it be and a, a curse. Yeah, whether in Ireland <laughs> whether it be a good thing or a bad thing but you're outdoors you're not stuck in front of a computer yeah. it's you know you can walk away and come back mm-hmm. grab a drink come back look at it take a couple steps back get back into it or come back the next day right like I mean you are your own relatively you're your own boss yeah I mean yeah it's it keeps it interesting you know so you're always working with different people um I have clients that you know might do one job for them a year because people only have so many walls you know so like a you refresh walls or is it no not necessarily refresh but you know like if um if I do a project with an arts organization they just might not have that many say spray paint based projects that they want to do every year but I have organically built up this clientele that I'm getting a little bit of work from everyone Mm -hmm. repeat clients coming back to me maybe it could be a year it could be another year but like that's great you know like you always have that sort of that's how I'm freelancing full time is just building that up that network slowly of of repeat customers you've been You've done obviously extensive work here, but mm-hmm. you've been to South America, right? Where, yeah, last summer we uh, we got to go to Colombia to Cali. It was unbelievable. That was with the British Council of Northern Ireland um, and the British Council of Colombia as well, and that was unbelievable. Yeah, that's the furthest I've gone with my art so far. Hopefully, and where else have you been? Um, I've done, I did a project in Paris, um, over to uh, all around Ireland, and 
the UK, over to Scotland, bits and pieces like that. But um, yeah, there's lots of things potentially on the cards. Cool. That I, I'll not discuss. <laughs> no, 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 not don't jinx to, it. They not come it. to fruition. So um, yeah, a couple of interesting places this year that have been mentioned, but until the flights get booked, I get, you know. You are your own agent, right? Like you do all your own sort yeah. of booking and figuring out scheduling and stuff. Yeah, which can be exhausting. Yeah. There's, there are times when you're freelancing that you just wish you had just for a couple of days a secretary or an a accountant yeah, or yeah. someone to chase a payment or someone to tell you where to be because you have to be, you know, the artist, you have to brand yourself, you have to market yourself, you have to reply to emails, you know, there's, it can the be. business end. The business end of it, which is fine. I mean, if, you know, like I said, we don't get that many sunny days. Yeah. So if your time is flexible and you go, oh, sun's shining, I'm going to go to the park for a few hours and just chill out, you can do that too. And be like, I'll work tonight. And you can kind of move <laughs> things around, which that's good. But there's... You know, there's risk there as well. There's, what if you don't get any work next month there? You are your own boss. Exactly. Nobody else to blame but yourself. um, It's just, you have to really stay on top of it, you know, which is, again, good and bad. There's pros and cons (laughs) to everything. (laughs) So you, you, did you finish school? Did you finish the animation class? I did. It was a two-year course at the time. And then I could have gone on to do a third year, which is technically another one-year course where I could have done um, an animation by myself. Mm-hmm. So I only got so far. Um, and then we were going to be the last year where that course existed. And then the new course was starting. So we would have been the last year. And every year up to that point, they had... Um, you did it by yourself. You just it's your own personal short animation. And this year they decided that you'd have to work in groups and just taking stock of the people that were wanting to come back, you know, when you just I just wanted to do it by myself. Yeah. You know, and for sure. sometimes when you that work group with group project thing in school, that never works out. You're either thinking there's just you know, you just you you've been with these people for two years and there'd be some people that you're like, oh, you are just gonna I'll have to take up the slack or some, the rest yeah. of the group will have to take up the slack and yeah. it's kind of you, you, that stacked against you but so I regret in a way not doing it because I really wanted to ha- just complete it off and have my animation done but I'm kind of glad mm-hmm. I didn't go back either but technically yes I finished the HMD of the, the two year course and then I moved to Edinburgh for a while and I did the second year of an illustration course I was working in a bar in Edinburgh and my friend was doing this illustration course so he was finishing first year and going into second year so I just said can I do the second year because I kind of have this other qualification and they're like yeah of course so I just did that as a just to get back into drawing because I was pretty burnt out after animation mm-hmm. it was a great course in that it's quite realistic to how the industry is it's tight deadlines and the minute you hit one deadline you've got a new deadline it's pretty exhaustive yeah. so I was pretty burnt out after that just wanted to work and which school was that? Um, animation course was Ballyfermot um, in Dublin and then Telford was the illustration course in, in Edinburgh in Edinburgh but it was when I moved to Belfast that actually found a proper outlet for the skills that I'd learned from mm-hmm. animation how I drew and just like starting to transfer them onto a wall just clicked in terms of my style what I like to do which is mainly paint did you characters. pursue it or did that come to you the um, whole wall as in I pursued it in that I was working part-time in a shop the summer or the year I moved over here and in the waterfront in the Urban Arts Academy was on and there was my friend was looking at doing a comic book workshop and I, I looked at the booklet and I was like oh this is street art oh it's for a week it's 50 pound it's really affordable you know nine to five you get all your materials but I'm taking a week wow. off work and yeah that's really affordable yeah and it was for all ages as well I think the maybe minimum of 16 years plus yeah and a local artist Kev Largy was the local artist um that was working on it I checked out his stuff I was like oh, he's really cool and they had three guest artists coming over from England as well I was like 50 pounds yeah I was like <laughs> they're amazing I'm totally gonna just 
paint for a week and that's how I made connections there the Urban Arts Academy was run by Adam Turkington mm-hmm. um, he was sort of the, the, the head of that um, who I now call my friend I've worked with him I've had a working relationship as well with him since then and the same with Kev Largy as well so I kind of that's how I dipped my toe in and then when opportunities came up you know it's like okay yeah I'll do that do you remember your first? Um, like I would have done projects. Your first paid wall? I would have done like a painting project, say, with Kev and maybe another artist where we, and this is with brushes when I wasn't confident with spray paint. So it was all just brushes. brushes and rollers and things like that. Wow. Working kind of collaboratively together on a wall. And I remember we did one outside the Ulster Hall. It was, it must have been being across refurbished. The road, across the road from no, the Ulster Hall? No, it was definitely the Ulster Hall they must have been refurbishing it because there was hoarding in front of the doors and we painted there because we were under the canopy I hope I'm thinking remembering this right yeah I'm pretty sure it was the Ulster Hall so the three of us (laughs) god learning to paint your perspective you know like working on a large scale and scaling up was just really really difficult at the start it's one of the main things you have to kind of get your head around just working big do you ever use projection or anything to to get that not yet no I'm not crossing it out maybe down the line I know a lot of artists who do you know I use a grid mainly yeah if I'm working really big especially when you can't walk away from the wall it's just yeah you need something yeah there's only a handful of artists I know who do it all by eye that I've met or that I'm aware of that literally do it just by eye like big big walls by eye yeah yeah wow Um, but even at that you know like they have used a projector in at yeah. some stage. But the, but the great thing too is, you know, even if you do sort of miss by 10% or 20% on scaling, <clears throat> you can fill it in or crop it in or, you know, create, like it's your piece of art. Mm-hmm. The viewer doesn't know what you had in mind. It could be what you had in mind was, you know, to crop out the the subject's head a little bit or Mm -hmm. to you know add a little bit of extra background in behind like yeah like I said I I tend to be quite flexible I I don't really plan it to the every little inch so I do keep it sort of flexible enough that I can make changes as and when needed on the wall but at the same time you're kind of your worst critic so if you're working on an actual portrait or you're you know I'll keep tweaking it and tweaking it until I'm happy but the spray paint is really forgiving which is great so unlike if you're using brushes and rollers you have to wait for that to dry you can't just start painting immediately over it yeah. whereas spray paint's very forgiving so if you make a mistake you're just like okay give it five minutes let that dry completely paint over it take it out you know it's really forgiving it's just really expensive to make mistakes yeah spray paint. not too many yeah <laughs> keep it to a minimum exactly yeah. so your first piece was Ulster Hall and then did yeah, it just start yes, like yeah. rolling in like the work and very very slowly very slowly I worked in an art shop in Victoria Square and I had a really lovely manager called Gail and she was really accommodating so if I got a job like that which you know on paper pays more a better hourly rate than working in the shop would so obviously you want to take as many of those jobs as possible so she was really really good about working around if I got mm-hmm. these little jobs so like the first year you know I might have only got three the next year I got 20 and now you know to the point where I was looking for you know five weekends off in a row Mm. (laughs) in a shop in a shopping center and we both kind of went okay maybe it's time to start thinking about part-time well I I was even working part-time at at that time but even at that I was just kind of like you really need someone who can work weekends and she was like yeah (laughs) maybe I was like okay I think it's time to I think I worked that Christmas and there was a stock take in January I didn't want to leave her stuck for that so we did that and that was me full time then just so knowing that I kind of was saving money to kind of cushion your career Mm -hmm. started through the winter in Belfast painting outside oh no I mean like this is over a couple of years oh no but I mean like the five jobs when you were when you were getting booked Um, no I I think that would have been like before like say maybe October November and we had that discussion of I think maybe we'll just see it this Christmas and then, yeah, I'll go for it. Which actually, yeah, winter is a really bad time. I was doing a lot of <laughs> workshops as well. So, I mean, that's part of what I do. It's part of 
I don't just paint murals. Yeah. I, you know, I do workshops, I do illustrations. Kind of have to these days, isn't yeah, it? A little it's bit of like, everything, yeah. I think everybody at the top of their field is sort of doing workshops, teaching workshops in one form or another. Mm-hmm. Some form of creative spewing of their education upon <laughs> on everyone. I know that, you know, with me, it's getting asked every every week, you know, can you do some workshops? Can you do this? Can mm-hmm. you do that? How do you, how do you, does that ever bother you doing workshops? Like the idea of mentally of doing workshops of potentially training people who are going to be in competition with you down the road? No, not at all. Not in that respect. I mean, a lot of the workshops I'm talking about are, um, you know, going into a youth club, working with a group of young oh, people okay. to yeah. create a wall. It's been a while since I've done a workshop where it's actually people who already have, say, a creative talent that are then looking to transfer that, you know, into street art. Yeah. But no more so than I did that workshop years ago. It's not like I was thinking, I'm going to be a street artist after I do this. It was just a creative outlet. It's just something I was interested in, I thought was interesting, would be fun. And I tried it out. Yeah. And for me, and you're just, good at it. <laughs> thanks. And you succeed. And you succeeded. Whereas, you know, well, there's I mean, a potential for ninety percent of the class could, you know, never do anything, never go forward with it. I think that's with every creative industry, if you want to use that term. That it's the ones that stick to their guns and you are know, truly creative. I'm not saying that. No, I'm not saying that I'm any more truly creative than somebody else, but I could see the attraction of having a steady job and a steady income. If you start going down that route, it's very hard to dedicate. That takes a lot of your energy. Mm-hmm. You know, if you're working long hours somewhere else, doing something else. And I could see my personal choice was just to always do minimum wage jobs. It meant I've never had that much money. But it meant that it wasn't difficult to step away from that and and it leaves you open for personal time to be creative on your own terms Mm -hmm. doing whether it be music or street art or drawing illustration but I think there's yeah just like within there's people who really stick with it and then to a certain extent you'll have a, a certain level of success because there could be other people who do what I do but they've stopped doing it a couple of years ago because they're doing something else or for whatever reasons or they've moved away so if you're still around and still doing the workshops then the work's gonna come to you because you're, you're still at it you know? you're present you're, you, yeah. exactly so it's not so much that anyone's any more skilled than anyone else or is more dedicated than someone else it's just we all make decisions through the years that lead us down different paths so um, yeah I also think there's a being creative for a living and getting paid for it being creative as a job isn't for everybody and I occasionally hit those roadblocks where I go maybe I should just do something to keep the art separate and keep it for myself and not rely on that creative well that I have for an income because once you start tapping into that and you're using your creative energies for say a workshop or um you're working for a client and you're working around certain parameters or limitations and mm-hmm. you can't perce- you want you really want to do this one thing with it but you have to just kind of it's a, a collaboration and i think that some people it's better to just keep your your art or your creativity separate from your work life so there's not that it's not that it's been muddied but there's pressure then there's added pressure of maybe compromise yeah where if you just do it for yourself there's no telling you when or where or how to do it do you do you find yourself doing a lot of personal projects um no i don't always find time to just paint for the hell of it i try to make time to do that you would paint small form like canvases or like I just watercolor speak, speaking of puppies <laughs> um yeah so I have a studio space in the vault studios which is in East Belfast it's an amazing uh, amazing initiative in that a group of artists I think there's about 100 artists in it at the moment artists creatives um people who do circus theater sculptors musicians where is this it's the old Belfast Met College on the Newton Arts Road it's on Tower Street so it's right at the bottom of the Newton Arts Road and it was the old Belfast Met 
Performing Arts College, I believe. Is that right at, like right at the bottom, right? Yeah, like where Templemore that... Avenue meets the Newton Arts. Oh, okay. On yeah. the left-hand side then when you're going up? Yeah. Just on the oh, left, okay, you'll see okay. a mural that Nomad Clan did last year, which is a really beautiful one. Um, of uh, It's a, a woman sort of looking skyward, so if you spot that, it's just the right of that. <laughs> um, so the vault studio, so that's my space in there. I don't have any spray paint in it. It's just art materials. It's just painting for the sake of painting. Or I'm trying to keep that separate to the job stuff. And yeah, I was in last week. So in between working on jobs, I had a watercolor of I was working on of my dog. So I could be working digitally for a long time. And I just have this real itch to do something more. Get your hands dirty, get hands on. Or I do a lot of spray painting. Then I want to go digital. And um, yeah, I go through cycles of media and and yeah I mean like one of the things that one of the things that's probably the most purely creative passionate thing I've done in the last few years is when I've met costumes for Halloween because there is no reason for me to be making them there's no commercial reason for it there's no sense in the amount of money I spend on material (laughs) and fabrics but it's just purely I really want to make something so I make it and I might plan it for months and then create it and I get I go out on Halloween night and then I don't have anywhere to use it afterwards but I want to harness that where I just really 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 want to do something and I get stuck into it I have to ask you though <sighs> what did you dress up last year as? Uh, not last year I didn't do anything the year before that was um, a Celtic goddess called the Morrigan so I did a version of her and she can turn into a crow or a raven she can turn into all these different animals so I, I made a cloak and it was wings so when you spread your arms out the wings came out and I think I saw that it's on my Instagram yeah that's right I saw that yeah <laughs> and that I had a headpiece and then I had all these little details that nobody <laughs> even noticed nobody knew who I was but I'm like I don't care well, did you go to, did you come down the cathedral quarter or downtown no, I or think something we went, to, we went to voodoo that night and we had lots of fun and I, and did you spread your wings <laughs> I did, I did. <laughs> yeah but like now it's and I love it and I, but was there a contest going on that night or anything uh, there wasn't that night I should have gone somewhere and tried to I could wear it again it's there it's it's, it's <laughs> I could maybe reuse those wings for something else but yeah it was it's just I really wanted to make it and I like being crafty so sometimes I'll just take a notion to knit something or now I'm at that stage where I really want to get clay I just want to mould something but not for a project so I need to kind of create you know harness that sort of pure passion of just really wanting to make something into a painting or I'm thinking I have an idea for a series of paintings that I want to do I don't want to book an exhibition I just want to create them and then maybe I'll exhibit them down the line but just finding time I have a kids book I'm working on as well there's all these like little things I like to write purely for myself it's not like I have an idea for a novel there's all these things that like I go through cycles yeah that's great I'm always just being creative in different ways yeah sometimes when like I said art is your job you don't just get to truly that wall I didn't like I have to say they were just totally cool about letting me just do my own thing like I just said I want to paint this and they went okay <laughs> awesome so that wall was properly I got to use the colours I wanted to use the composition um, but sometimes you just have to play it a bit safe or just rein it in a little bit so mm-hmm. that it's a bit more palatable to is that up on your website yet yeah it's on my Facebook it's not on my website I'm terrible at updating my website I usually do a dump every few months my Instagram is the best place to get like my um current current stuff? yeah I'm what's your Instagram at this is frizz at this is frizz mm-hmm. f-r-i-z-z just one z just one z mm-hmm. all my social so twitter is at this is frizz my website is this is frizz.com just handy they all just worked <laughs> they were all free so instagrams and then facebook after that and then my website i'll update every few months i'll sit down it's hard to be social and some you know updating so many yeah. platforms do you find people f- work finds you through reference referrals word of yeah. mouth or do mm-hmm. people see your instagram or it's a little bit of everything i mean luckily by virtue of painting something on the street essentially as long as you're tagged your and your social yeah. me- media is there to be found 
people can find you you know like so in essence they're advertise advertisements in and of themselves because your artwork's just out there mm-hmm. um but yeah like i said you have to have then that social media presence so people can just google that and find you very easily instead of having to search for you so i make that easy for people but yeah referrals a lot of referrals i get a lot of people going oh i talked to this or i was in this cafe or pub and i chatted to the owner and they said it was you so they passed on your details so that's brilliant which like i said i've kind of built that up very organically over the years so mm-hmm. that i can do it full time so you've been you've been doing what do you what do you like to call it wall art yeah murals murals they're not always street art they're not always necessarily on the street <laughs> Sometimes yeah. they're- I, 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 I mean that's how i met you was mm-hmm. when I was photographing mm-hmm. murals mm-hmm. and we were trying to separate the Belfast mural scene mm-hmm. away from the wall art quote graffiti scene. Mm-hmm. And, and the photo editor that I was working with was very adamant about covering the Belfast murals. And I wanted to steer it in the other direction. Mm-hmm. So I always had to like repeat to him over and over that they're two totally separate things, Mm -hmm. you know, and that, you know, well, they are and they are not, I guess. One tells a story of something from the past in the history Mm -hmm. and the other one is more of a positive, you know, piece of art that, you know, somebody is, is creating creatively originally on their own. <clears throat> Where was I going with that? <laughs> but anyways, I I, I just want to, I just yeah, the whole mural thing. I mean, you're asking how I suppose I define, but like I don't define myself as a street artist. Everyone else does, as in the public does. Um, some people would call me a graffiti An artist. artist. They'd be like, "Oh, you're a graffiti artist." I'm like, "Well, I'm not technically." You know, as in like that's yeah. not how I'd consider myself. Um. Like graffiti art, I always picture graffiti art as being more of like New York subways being tagged and and that sort of, you know, every single piece is a, is a signature of somebody's name. Yeah. I mean, I mean, yeah, I think I consider graffiti art like completely, not completely, like there's an element of character to it, but like it is letter based. It's, it, it is letter based. And, but people just think spray painting is graffiti. They just like, mm-hmm. they make that connection, just mm-hmm. one giant leap from the term graffiti. Um, and then even street art, I'm kind of like, it's just a box, you know, it's just, I'm an artist. Yeah. And that's I your also media. Paint walls. Yeah. As yeah. in some of my artwork ends up being done in that medium, which is spray painting on, on that surface, which is a wall. But I also do canvases. I also do watercolors. I do, you know, Clay. I, I feel like I get really, I sound like I'm being, I don't want to be put in a box, but you know what I mean? As in like, no, I, I just, totally understand I do, what I just, you mean. Yeah. It, it is just kind of like, it's what I'm most well known for because it is out there. It's out visibly out on the streets. People are walking by it as opposed to going to search for, to walk into a gallery or, or look at a website or, mm-hmm. or whatever. So yeah. So I suppose that's why I, I suppose I'd say murals just because they're not necessarily street art. It's, I just think it's, it's not street art unless it's on the street. <laughs> yeah. So you left, you finished school, you went to Edinburgh, it was 2000 and mid 2000s. Yeah, like yeah. And so pretty much you've been doing murals ever since kind of thing. No, uh, as, I lived as, in Edinburgh for a couple of years, worked in a bar, did that, anim- uh, that illustration course part, you know, like while mm-hmm. I was still working because it's Edinburgh's really expensive to live in. Uh, my husband, my now husband, he moved to Belfast to start his band. So there was a point where a year where I was still in Edinburgh and he had moved to Belfast. So I was visiting and then I just got to a point where I was ready to move on from Edinburgh and I was like, all right, I'll try Belfast. And I'll see if I like it. I'll give it a year. If I don't like it, I'll go somewhere else. And that was 12 or 13 years ago. Great. I'm still here. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. I do. I love Belfast. I think it reminds me of Glasgow, especially when we moved over. It's a real creative buzz. Glasgow's just massive in comparison to Belfast. Belfast has kind of got that weird sort of almost small town feel. Like it's not a huge circle of, you get to know everyone quite quickly. Yeah. Um, 
which is nice because I don't like massive, massive. I don't think I could live in a like London, for instance. Yeah, you know, just, it's, it's just a drop in the water, exactly. a drop in the ocean there. Um, and Belfast is so affordable compared to you. So we don't have. I know we've rates, but like if you're renting, you don't have council tax to pay like you would in Edinburgh or Wales or England. So. My rent was was nearly a couple of hundred pound or 150 pound cheaper than what it was paying in Edinburgh. So that's why I was able to like, I took, mm. I basically started working in the art shop and was able to work part time and still have as much money as I, I was living on. Like, you know, same there spare change yeah. as I had in Edinburgh. So I was like, this is great. And that's how I, that moving to Belfast, living somewhere that was a bit more affordable, afforded me the time to start getting back into drawing and painting so you know just the planets aligned that I was in the right place at the right time that like I couldn't tell anyone this is how you be a full time artist this is how you make a living as an artist it's just like it re- really organically really slowly for me yeah yeah when did like how long into it did you feel totally confident that this was your career like you could totally do this as a career now well just I suppose to the point where I had enough work lined up for the the coming the few coming months for when I packed in it was a really weird one because when people ask you what you do and you're like oh I work in an art shop but I'm an artist and you're like until I packed in that job it was there was a mental sort of thing of what do you do and you're like oh well I'm an artist and I freelance and you do almost you own it a lot more it becomes a reality even though so, nothing's so changed leaving still the job leaving the part time yeah, job and going dedicating 100% full time to being an artist um, or being a creative who does work creatively yeah just made me feel like in my own head I'm not saying like I just felt like it was I was more legitimate but that was just a mental thing where I wasn't doing anything different if I had the part time job but my own mental state I was kind of like oh I'm an artist now even though I was before I can go get business cards (laughs) (laughs) they're terrible business cards actually you buy 500 and you're like I still have are you on LinkedIn (laughs) Uh, no I am but I'm not I need to get off LinkedIn because I get notifications I'm like I never ever ever go on that website I never use it do you? I don't know anyone who I use it in my work but my work is so much different than yours mm-hmm. just thinking of how how i imagine you have constrictions you have briefs from your clients as mm-hmm. to what they want mm-hmm. you know illustrated whereas mine would be so much more defined mm-hmm. and so much more commercial you know the side of a building is you know they want you to paint a Norse god or something or you know a big cat or you know (laughs) yes and yes to both those things (laughs) you know whereas you know I've got a brief that says you know the product has to be held a certain way and the background has to be a certain color Mm -hmm. and the person's got to be wearing a certain clothing and you know it just all these things in the brief and yours is just a lot I feel a lot more creative than what mine can be whereas I need I personally need to find you know some sort of creative outlet for myself Mm -hmm. and you know this is going well past 30 years for me now 35 years and I've hit the point where I really need to find a creative outlet like you know I'm shooting film again and I do like large format camera stuff so big sheets of film Mm. four inch by five inch sheets of film like one shot at a time where you really have to sit there and you think about it and you put the dark cloth over your head and you look at the image on the ground glass and it's upside down and reversed and you're like but it's a that's a that's a really slow process Mm -hmm. and i'd like to find you know a happy medium between my digital work that i do for clients my ultra creative well not ultra creative my ultra slow and time consuming (laughs) film work just find some place in the middle that I can express myself find something and show it either to Olivia or you know to the world quickly Mm -hmm. and go "Ah, that's what I want to say yeah but getting back around to you know the fact that your stuff is just 
so much more. I feel so much more creative and, you know, colors and tones and shapes. And, you know, it's like a free for all, like whatever you have going on in your head that day. Yeah. I mean, to a certain extent, I set myself up for getting creative projects. I'm quite lucky. Like I said, if I, I don't think I could be, say, a graphic designer full time. Like you said, always working to a client's brief and not having as much creative control as you would like. Again, I don't think I'd be suited to that as full time because you, like I said, you only have so much creativity every day that you can tap into. And if you're using that all for a job, sometimes there's nothing left over then. Mm-hmm. It could be hard to mm-hmm. motivate yourself, you're just tired or, or whatnot. But I'm quite lucky in that. I've had a lot of really wonderful clients who do just let me do my own thing. And to a certain extent, what I share, say, on my Instagram is like the stuff I really love or, you know, the stuff that I really quite really enjoy creating. So by virtue of that, if you're putting that out into the world, that's what people are seeing they go onto my Instagram and they go oh I really like this project that you did it's like well I love that project too because I got to do my own thing with it Mm -hmm. so it kind of then encourages more freedom in future jobs because you're putting out into the world the stuff that you enjoy making and creating so therefore people will hire you eventually based on that exactly not all the time but I mean it means that I get enough creative freedom in my own jobs and murals and things like that that it is you know I do have that satisfaction what's the word I'm looking for satisfaction (laughs) I have that I get that sort of satisfaction of of just that itch is scratched but I think if I did have too many jobs and sometimes I get that too many very constricting jobs to a certain extent I think it's it's also good for an artist to have restrictions sometimes and limitations because Mm -hmm. to work within them and and to be creative exactly because if we all just did what we wanted you don't push yourself as much when you have barriers and limitations you have to overcome then it just makes you a better artist at the end of the day so I'm not knocking those jobs either I'm not trying to put a negative spin on that it's just I get enough of that like satisfaction through jobs on occasion that that's okay you know like yeah commercial photography is always said to be a problem solving job Mm. you're a communicator you're a problem solver and that's when yeah I'm I'm a pretty decent problem solver I'm a pretty good communicator I'm pretty open and I and I hope that comes across in my photography but ultimately the brief you know it's the brief that needs to be fulfilled the client brief I'm not saying that I can't be uncreative with their briefs but it tends to be pretty constricting mm-hmm. so I went to I'm going to test start taking painting start, <laughs> yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll take that 50 pound waterfront oh it's like, yeah that was <laughs> unbelievable seriously but um, I remember going to Offset a few years ago um, oh yeah down in my, Dublin yeah thanks to my, my brother got me for my 30th birthday my brother noon boy graphic designer extraordinaire um he got me a ticket for my birthday for my 30th and the both of us went down and it was phenomenal i was buzzing after the two days it was really really good a couple of things that stuck out to me one of them was i can't remember whose presentation it was but they basically put up a photo of you know like a, a real banged up car Mm-hmm. And they're like, this is the client's idea. And then you put, and they put up a Ferrari and they're like, this is where you want to take it. This is like your vision where you want to go with this ad. It was an advertisement. And then it's just like, and they had, you know, like, uh, I don't know, a Volvo or something in the middle or, you know, even a BMW or something like that. And it's just like, this is this is realistically where, where you really want to meet so you're still giving something something really good and creative but you're gonna have to compromise and I was just like it's a really like Visual good way, way of it, yeah. yeah it just made sense to me I'm kind of like because it is it's collaboration it's a bit of compromise sometimes um, but at the same time you know it's, it's a job your, your job is to make them happy and sometimes kind of just like I said be a, a good communicator and persuade them to trust you to to, to, to give you that little bit more control so you can just like just let me do this and have a look and yeah. then you know <laughs> have you ever come to that where, where where you've done something where you've executed something and you've been really proud of it and you took a step back and you showed the client and the client went no that's not at all what we were thinking no um because i don't i through experience i don't let it get that far i actually 
you do and do little like visits like little thumbnails things like that and yeah. i'm like if you move on from this if we run with this you know like i do have this like contract i on occasion will use that i think visual arts ireland might have up on their website I remember getting that off someone else and it is basically like if you agree on this and we run with this if you want to take a step back at that point it's going to cost more money because you've agreed at this stage to run to the next stage not mm-hmm. to a finished piece but, you know you you break it up that way and you constantly go are you okay with this is this the way that you think it should be going oh, so good. that you never you should never be handing over a finished piece and they go oh this isn't what we wanted so you have several stages exactly of- several stages and you kind of you know if you have a, a proper contract it will very clearly state that see I would have never thought that like a mural artist would have a contract mm. that seems so <laughs> I don't, I don't formal of, of no I, I suppose I'm thinking of more and like maybe illustration jobs or something yeah. like that but well. no I can totally see mm-hmm. how yeah it's, I mean, to- kind of, it's important creative, as well yeah, yeah. yeah it's just that you can't green light something and go actually I've changed my mind or thought of something else you're like well no That's I've just put this amount of work into what we discussed spray, spray cans ago <laughs> So, and actually, um, I probably, there's probably a lot of jobs I don't get because I'm not willing to invest that much time into a sketch because I do all the work on the wall. I'd have to charge people. Oh, like a preliminary quote sort of thing? Yeah. And I was like, I'll do a really simple sketch and I'll go, this is the sketch for this wall that I completed. Just so you can see this is the progress. This is where it starts and that's where it ends up. So if you're happy, you know, like, so I, I have had, it was a wall I did in Manor Hamilton, which I'm really happy with. I did last year, the construction company that I did it for. It's a really forward thinking space that took one of those like ghost estates. It's right in the middle of Manor Hamilton. And, you know, it's been sitting there 12 years unfinished and it's a local man and his construction company and they've just gone you know sometimes you just have to do these things because the area needs it he's like not concerned with making a profit on this but they've put in like permanent residences and airbnb type residences and shops and like a space for a crash or offices oh, and things yeah. like that and they've just regenerated it. i'm very forward thinking they put this they got me to come in and do a mural and he did say after the fact that i'd painted the mural he was like yeah we were really concerned at the start because <laughs> i just given this like really quick mock-up but they trust you know they're kind of like okay we, we see your finished products that you do so we know how things end up but he did say he did admit it took a lot of there was a lot of trepidation at the start because <laughs> i'm not willing to because I don't know if the job's going to go ahead. Yeah. I know some artists that would be like, give me a deposit and we'll get started. I occasionally do that if I think. Yeah, um, and then the client goes, well, what am I getting for a deposit? I'm getting a sketch on a piece of paper and then mm-hmm. if I don't like it, do I lose my deposit? Or? But I mean, a sketch on a piece of paper, if you're working you know, you're working with your client, it's sketches don't take that long for me. They don't take that long yeah. for me to do. So if there's changes to be made and to get to that point where we're both happy, that's where you do it. You do yeah, that and they've the paid for it. They've paid the deposit, well, you're that down payment. You know, it's kind of, you're not, if I was to do a proper visual mock-up of the walls that I paint, taking out the fact that, like I said, I, I tend to be quite flexible and make decisions on the day and I might change colours or adjust things slightly. You know, that could take me four hours to do. You know, to quote for a job, to show them this is actually what it will look like. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to waste four hours. Not all jobs happen. Mm-hmm. You send a quote in, it's Definitely. not guaranteed to work. You yeah. know, like, so I'll give a rough sketch. And like I said, sometimes people just can't visually picture what that is going to look like as a finished piece. So therefore, I'm kind of not talking myself out of the job, but I'm not willing to. Yeah. I'm just not willing to waste. Totally understand. Totally understand. But dude, do the same thing in my work Mm. where a client will, you know, we're doing a project. We need 12 portraits done on location. Uh, You know, this, this, and this, these are, they might not even give you the locations. They might just tell you the general area, like, Mm -hmm. you know, all across Northern Ireland. I need these 12 portraits and uh, how much is it going to be? Well, can I get any more information from you? No, that's about it. And like, well, you know, I answer diesel uh, assistance lighting equipment this mm-hmm. that it's gonna take me like yeah four hours five hours to sit down and map everything out and mm-hmm. try to get you a quote and you find out you know they've been quoting six other photographers and so six other photographers have spent four to five hours you know there's like three days that people yeah. have, or a day and a half two days that six photographers have wasted just mm-hmm. for you to like 
figure out what you did and didn't need. Exactly. So I'm, I'm really I'm quite against, I'm not against competition in terms of people competing for jobs. You know, I'm totally fine with people looking for quotes from different people. But I'm just not going to give you a sketch unless you're going with me. Then yeah. we'll work yeah. together. Yeah. Then we'll work on what you want. Um, yeah. I don't like competitions, you know, like, um, like a t-shirt design competition or well, where you, know, where you like, win and, and they get to keep your design and as in there's a grand gets, prize of like you see a lot of bands doing it for instance it's like the the person who gets picked your t-shirt gets printed they and they'll have it on this tour um and you might you know you might get what is relatively a lot of money as a price so say they might go it's a two thousand pound price like okay that's not to be sniffed at that's fine it's all relative but if you have even a hundred people apply to that competition with a finished design and say they've all worked five hours on so that's five hundred hours of work and you're paying one, one person, person that just kind of rankles me. I think just everyone should get paid for their time. So I'm not saying like I said, com- competing in that, like, you know, you put in a quote for something, I put in a quote for something and they go with whoever they want, that's fine. But that sort of when you start looking for almost like you know like when you start looking for somebody's personal vision you shouldn't be paying for it mm-hmm. when you start asking for an explanation of that vision yeah. whether it's a visual vision or you know but it's all relative i mean there's somebody else who who would be like but i love that band or i really would love that opportunity so i'm willing to do that but mm-hmm. i'm kind of like don't do it because yeah. it's bring, just kind of bring the market down exactly yeah. you're kind of we're all in it together. So if anyone ever wants to get paid properly, because I'm not, again, I'm not talking about someone having a slightly more competitive price than you or whatnot, but, you know, I get students, I get people who are starting out into like a creative industry and they're really unsure of, you know, when you, you do something you love, we're kind of taught that, or you do it because you have a natural skill. Mm-hmm. You're taught that it's like a hot. It's just like you feel bad about charging someone for something you really. You think work is something you're not you're meant about to enjoy. Imposter syndrome. Kind of. You're, about every creator, every artist is just like, how much yeah. should I charge for this painting? I don't know. I love doing it. Like <laughs> I, you know, it means it just flows out of me to be able to do this creatively. I, I feel I feel like I'm an imposter having to charge somebody money for something that comes so easy to me but the fact is is you went to school you've got a decade or more of of experience behind you things cost money so there's an artist called steven silver he would do character design for a lot of um animated programs and he's a really really good character based artist he has his own podcast uh, or vlog and he's really really dead set against this whole idea of competition and I remember one of the things that he said was he still even gets asked to do stuff like for exposure or you know like (laughs) could you do it it should only take you 10 minutes and his response to that is actually it'll take it took me 40 years and 10 minutes because I've worked my entire life to get to this to get to this point where I can do things as quickly as that or you know it's just like it is it's all that's a good way to put it it really is that's a good way to put it that really stuck with me and I was kind of like that's true I mean it's a skill they wouldn't be asking you to do it if they could do it themselves so I I get why like students coming out of college or uni you know like will do jobs that have a certain mental leeway for that you know like where you're just finding your feet but at a certain point you just have to go yeah don't be doing every job for free yeah or for a lunch yeah you know, you can't live in your mom's basement all your life. <laughs> so, yeah. So there are a couple of things. That, yeah, that one really stuck out to me. I was just like, yeah, that's true. 40 yeah. years and 10 minutes. Yep. <laughs> I'll um, use that. Yeah, so, I mean, like, like you, you pick and choose occasionally. You know, you, you know, a charity will get one. But, like, I've had a lot of charities say over the years, asking me to do, like, to donate a painting or to do this or do that. And you're kind of like, I don't think people realize how many people ask you to do stuff like that and you, kind yeah. of, you, you also have to draw a line and like I've, I've done my x amount of charity for this year yeah. and you kind of have to then go oh but i really want to help that one it's like but if you're all constantly just giving your work away you've got nothing to sell or you've got yeah. nothing you know you no just, absolutely you, but so even things like that unless it's your mother as i remember seeing that on a poster it's like is it your mom <laughs> just do it okay just do it you know like it's but 
it's all relative. You just have to kind of pick and choose, you know, like, or, or, or just that, that's your, that's your limit. And once what about portfolio that, work? Can you ever get to a point where somebody, you know, contacts you to do something and there is no money involved, but it sounds like it could be an amazing piece for yourself? Has any of those ever come about? Not not that I can think of, but again, I just... Where it might be either free or just low paying, you know, cover expenses. As in... You know, a unique surface to paint on or Yeah, I mean, there are are things that like, as in, I don't want to to commit to saying this. But at the same time, like, yeah, if somebody's like, I have this wall. It's like, we don't have a big budget, but... we can cover your expenses so it's not costing you anything or we can put you up or something you know like so we do a lot of things like that for festivals and jams but even at that I think that you know like the local festival here hit the north everyone gets paid something even if it's not a huge amount of money but no it's not costing anybody anything I think if you put it out there the artists will do things for free then suddenly everyone will be like oh they'll totally just do that for accommodation or whatever yeah. so or they start again, judging their own projects as being well, what do you think this isn't portfolio worthy yeah, this is portfolio worthy look at how creative this is but well then it's not really not <laughs> like you said there's a compromise there like if, if there's that then it's kind of like you have to just let me do my own thing completely you know like you can't then if you start with this yeah. like, dictating it has to be this or this imagery or this content then you're like well now it's a job if it's a job no I'm not going to do it but never say never it just kind of comes yeah, down no, to I, it just depends you know like I said it's all relative and it's just maybe something will come along or you know if it's an opportunity to go away somewhere somewhere exotic <laughs> you're like yeah bye <laughs> see ya already at the airport I'm gone um, so how was Colombia? <laughs> it was unbelievable oh I'd love how to long were you there for? I think we were there about 10 days total and maybe a day or so traveling either side of that. People are amazing. Yeah. Travel anyways. Like I said, I've, I've made a choice to not make a lot of money in my life so that I didn't. Like, for instance, when I worked in the bar, so it's like I don't want to, I don't see myself managing or owning a bar down the line. Mm-hmm. So therefore, you know, if I was offered a supervisor or the assistant manager's job it's just like the more money that I, I I know personally the more money I'd have it'd be harder to walk away from a job like that the more money you have the more ways you find to spend it sure so and you rely on it exactly yeah. you get used to that and then to take a step back and live on the bare minimum again it's just it's just the, the higher up you, or the more money you get the harder it is to do that so I've kind of always like I said stuck with those sort of minimum wage jobs so that until I figured out what I wanted to do and then it kind of just happened naturally I didn't like I said I didn't pursue this it's just kind of happened mm-hmm. by being in the right place at the right time Travel broadens your horizons, is what I was trying to say. Definitely. I haven't been able to afford to travel. And myself and my husband still haven't been on. We were together 13 years. And we still haven't been on a proper holiday. And all that I'm talking to you guys who, like, don't get to go anywhere because there's so many animals to take care of, which is so, like I said, you make your choices. We live our honeymoon. Exactly. We live our honeymoon. Every, we have a fire outside, a bottle of red wine. Exactly. That's our honeymoon. Well, this is, you know, myself and Jake, like, we have a lot, like, my husband is a musician and he's done the same thing. We've both just tried to pursue our passion. It's only in the last couple of years where we've actually earned enough to actually be able to maybe think about going away for a week somewhere this year possibly we'll see but like so so for me to get that opportunity to travel somewhere so unique like Colombia and so different to what I'm used to and meet people who are just like and and a city that like Cali has come through its own peace process and its own you know Belfast is viewed can be quite viewed quite negatively have negative connotations when people think about it as a travel destination mm-hmm. um, it's the same with Colombia you know like yeah. what's out there is just Cali cartel and narcotics and whatnot and gangs and I'm not saying that some of that stuff doesn't still exist but it was really interesting to go to a city like that and to meet the people and see it, the true side of a city um, and experience it through people who live there it's just amazing how many how many were in your group so it was myself emic and adam turkington the three of us went over 
Is that Adam also an artist? Adam's not, but he's a facilitator. So oh, okay. he was there in terms of um, there was a, an exchange. So two of the artists, um, Visual and Sancho, came over to Belfast for Hit the North for the festival that Adam okay. and Ali Steve had arts runs so there was there was that exchange going on as well so he went over as a facilitator to um and adam would have been the head of culture night as well for mm-hmm. a good number of years so how to encourage people to come into the city and experience it and get in color on walls he's, yeah he's definitely a great ambassador for that 100 yeah. <laughs> percent. but a lot of the stuff that's been done around belfast is purely because he had that vision or yeah. he you know artists Sir, we're good at some things, we're not so good at others. So, looking for funding and sourcing walls and things like that, you know, he's just yeah, unbelievable at that. Organizing and making everything run smoothly is just it's, it's great that there's someone here to do that. We could just turn up and paint and do what we love doing, and, and that's all you have to worry about. So, was it one piece in Colombia that you did? Uh, one main piece. Um, as part of the festival Graphicalia which had like an anti-violence theme so the people over there that we worked with I I felt like they were almost like social workers who also painted as opposed to painters who also do a little bit of social you know like we would do we would do workshops with cross community projects or with young people in vulnerable sort of areas but that's kind of like that comes secondary to you're you're an artist going into the social aspects I really felt like some of the artists that we worked with there, they're so passionate about their city and improving the lives of the people that live there and the young people that live there and giving them, helping them find, find alternatives to maybe like going down that route of ended up in gang culture. I, like I felt really like, damn, I do, <laughs> I do not give enough back to my city. You know, I just really yeah. felt like they had this wow. like real passion for their city and for improving their city. So, yes, of course. In which city was it? Cali. Cali. Santiago to Cali. Oh, okay. Yeah. That's, is that the capital? No, Bogota would be. Bogota. Yeah. The capital. And that's (laughs) that's pretty much, we just went, we flew into Bogota and then went straight to Cali. But yeah, and the guys came over here as well, which was really nice. Was it a big piece that you did? Uh, It wasn't massive, which was nice because it was roasting. Even the locals were just like, this is too hot for us. It was, Yeah. So is that on your shit. Instagram? Yeah, it is. I actually put up a time lapse of it there very recently. Okay, so just cool. In cool. the last couple of weeks, which was cool. So they, they had filmed my wall. So we did that. And then we did a fun little just painting a random wall around town as well. And then we also went to um, a town up in the sort of forested area up the mountains. I'm not going to think of the name of the town now. Sorry. But anyways, worked with young people there. So we did an actual workshop. Oh, and yeah. We painted yeah. like a library wall with them. So that was really really cool great so. do you know so, any Spanish not a bit <laughs> just cerveza that was pretty That's much that need. one learned off no but Google Translate app is unbelievable once we figured that out we were just like having full blown conversations totally just, oh, yeah? the language barrier just wasn't a thing at all because well, cool. everyone has smartphones now and just download the app record it it translated for you you know you could either read it or you could be typing over and back so wow. I've really felt like it was a much better experience for that yeah well done Google Translate <laughs> but it really did you know even you'd be sitting at dinner you'd just be typing over and back so you could have a conversation whereas before you know we did have people who spoke English and could translate for us we always there was usually somebody with us who, who would be able to do that for us mm-hmm. and the same when the guys came over here they didn't have a lot of English so they did have a translator present you know yeah I couldn't imagine trying to understand the northern irish accent <laughs> so yeah that was that was really cool it really enhanced the, the experience i felt like i got to know everyone a lot better great we're just meeting new people and and um, to do and with the kids painting the side of a library and stuff that must have been just to see their faces and when you're all done the project and I mean, yeah, it must have been so excited. It was, it was, it was really, really cool because it was, it was quite a, 
it wasn't really an urban landscape at all it was really really interesting and um again language barrier there but like the, the local artists were helping us out in terms of telling us what to do uh, or telling them what to do and what bits to do and whatnot but they they're just like when we finished the project we'd taken a photo they, they, they also had a, it was a bit of a day where the kids did some b-boys you know a couple of doing break dancing oh, wow. they sort of did like a performance as well as part of what we're doing painting and we were music playing we had one of the guys rapping the girls dancing doing hip-hop dancing and things like that and the art was going on and then we took a big photo at the end and we're still just finishing up the art and then like at the at the very end of it all they kind of had a presentation and they had already printed the photos out and presented just as a sort of a, a token a gesture oh, wow. to myself and and own and I was just like so touched. I was like, they really, really appreciated Great. it. And I really appreciated working with a group of young people who were just really keen. That's awesome. Really wanted to get stuck in, which was really cool. Because you don't always get that. Sometimes yeah. you work with groups and, you know, there's an element of lack of confidence. If you're in a group of your peers, it's like, come up and draw something, you know, mm-hmm. there's that pressure. And then there's some people who just have no interest in spray painting or drawing or they might try it and then that'll be it they're like I'm done because yeah, you, you're not necessarily always working with people like I said the, the other type of workshop where say there's an artist who wants to learn how to spray paint or I've done mentoring schemes with Arts for All in North Belfast and they're pairing up you know a young, not even necessarily a young person but a mentee with a mentor mm-hmm. and that's someone who really looks like they're a sponge they're like me when I did that one week course I'm like I want to try everything I want to learn and I was supposed to teach it someone who doesn't want you know has no inclination to yeah actually learn how to spray not paint interested at all yeah. yeah but so when you do get someone who's keen you're like yes let's do this yeah, exactly. let me show you this let me show you that yeah exactly it's like show and tell and you're nine years old yeah well it's just like spray painting is amazing <laughs> it's interesting i can't make it any more interesting I can't jazz it up any more than i just think it's you know it's cool it's fun i love it so where do you see yourself in the next five ten years um, I don't, I, to be honest, in general, and this has always been the way since I've been freelance. I think I'm freelancing, maybe I'm going into year six now, freelancing full time. And I never really know more than like two months in advance what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. Except for maybe a couple of bigger, like say, festivals Projects. or something yeah. like that, yeah. you know, that get, that, you know, get planned well in advance. So it's really hard for me to think, I just hope that that continues on, that there is no lull. I'd love to travel more be great to get to a point where it doesn't matter where in the world or where in Ireland I'm living because a lot of my work will just take me all over yeah so that would be so many so, so many you don't want to oversaturate that fast and just paint on every single wall either you know like you just get out there true well, but yeah. I would if I could if I was given the opportunity but um, yeah just continue meeting new people and traveling new places and I get more work where you just get to a point where people are just hopefully inviting you to paint somewhere and just do your own thing there yeah. are artists it's you know Irish artists doing it now you know like Findak and Conor Hart and Maser they look you know like they travel all over the world and they get to paint their thing mm-hmm. you know people want them to just do their thing we have a blank, to our we have a blank wall it's so yours. I mean there's always going to be people better than you and hopefully I work hard enough that I'm going to be getting better so five years down the line I hope I'm, I've got five years worth more of experience and, and uh, practice under my belt and hopefully taking my artwork further taking it to another level hopefully cool. we, should, we should be moving forward <laughs> well I really appreciate your time thank you very much for talking it was, my it was very interesting yeah I had a lovely time a lovely and what was time. your what was your Instagram again it's at this is frizz and your website is this is frizz.com great all right well thanks marion thank you so much all right enjoyed it well i'd like to thank marion for giving me some insight into public art and her adventures in paint check out the show notes for her instagram and website Mm -hmm.